Welcome to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion. Every other Wednesday, Adrian, your host, talks to key players in the fashion industry to discover new products and understand the challenges behind offering more responsible fashion and learn the solution available today. This podcast is brought to you by Première Vision, the leading event organizer for fashion professionals. To find out more, go to www.premiervision.com. Discover and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening Smart Creation, the podcast. Today, I am very happy to welcome Eugenie Monroe. She's recycling and eco-design sales manager at Wittern. Hello, Eugenie. Hello, How are you? Very good, and you? Very good, very good. Um, to begin with, just to, uh, to put a bit of... Uh, Uh, context. Uh, I would like to understand wo where are you from. Uh, uh, what was your career before you joined uh, Wittern, and then we will uh, deep dive into Wittern. Okay. So very briefly, uh, I started my career uh, just after IFM postgraduate as a bit as everybody does, a product manager in like mass and middle market brands. I did uh, child, uh, child ready to wear and I did some lingerie and I discovered after a very short amount of time uh, that uh, negotiating margins to the tiny bits of sentence of sense uh, at the other side of the word was not my thing. Um, so based on this and this experience, I wanted to uh, go into a smaller scale uh like company uh, and potentially move toward a little startup. Uh, I've always been a seller. I love selling stuff, whatever it is. And I was just at this moment personally getting married. Uh, so pretty hooked on everything that was involving wedding industry. And I stumbled upon a young designer that was uh, that had launched uh, six months before. And I applied to the company as sales manager for B2C. Uh, and with this designer, I spent nearly 10 years uh, of my professional life. Um, I started as so B2C sales manager, uh, very quickly enough, uh, quickly moved on to B2B uh, sales development. Uh, and then to sustain the B2B sales, sales development, we had to enhance production and production was in my background. So I managed the optimization of production as well. And after these, I uh, had four years in Paris and I had a bit of all the skills that were necessary uh, to develop the brands elsewhere. So the founders appointed me to move to New York and to launch the brand uh, in the US where I stayed five years, uh, launched the brand, uh, developed it. Uh, when you're a small French brand and you arrive in the US, you're just no one. So you just have to do it all <laughs> from scratch. So this is where I really learned uh, business development. And it was really interesting. What's the name of a brand? It's L'Ordre de Sagazon. Mm. Uh, so famous French designer, Parisian designer. And um, so I did that uh, for five years in New York, a bit of everywhere in the US. It was extremely interesting. I learned a ton of things. Um, and after this COVID happened... Uh, COVID has been harsh on the wedding industry, especially in Europe. And uh, therefore, the founders decided to close uh, the US operations, even though they were going pretty well. Uh, so we just like, I started it and 
closed it at the end. Closed it. Wow. But it was extremely interesting. I have absolutely, I mean, it was an incredible experience. Uh, and moving back to Europe, I decided the wedding industry was, I was done with it because I had lived it for quite some time. Uh, so I moved on uh, to sustainable fashion and worked for a knitwear brand that is called L'Envers in Spain mm -hmm. uh, that I worked for nearly two years uh, in business development for B2B as well and management of operations. And finally, after trying to put recycled fabrics in every of my operations and every of my previous jobs, um, I decided it was time to move a little bit upper in the chain. And I joined WeTurn in April of this year. Fantastic. Wow. Thank you very much for sharing this, uh, this great uh, background. Uh, what is WeTurn? Um, so you didn't found it? Uh, who, who has found it? And, um, and what is the genesis of WeTurn and what do you do actually? So WeTurn has been founded three years ago by Sophie Pinière. Sophie, uh, she has a financial background and she worked at Kiss Kiss Bank Bank uh, for quite some time. Uh, and she founded it around COVID times uh, and really realizing that there was potentially a gap to fill in the textile industry. So WeTurn is the first uh, closed loop valorization channel for textile. And as I said, it was really born like just when the Adject Law came uh, into the world and came into application in France. Um, okay, what is the Adject Law? <laughs> let, let, let me stop you right here. Yeah. Uh, what is the Adject Law? So the Adject Law stands for Anti-Gaspillage et Économie Circulaire, which is like anti-waste for circular economy. Uh, it's one of the pioneering laws actually in Europe uh, regarding uh, waste management. Uh, and regarding specifically for textile industry and textile brands, uh, it um, prohibits destruction of unsold goods uh, and unused uh, raw materials. So the brands now have to follow a hierarchy of valorization, meaning like they have a stock of, I don't know, unsold goods, whatever they are. Potentially they're IP protected, potentially they're not. So they have to first consider donation Uh, then reuse, which can be upcycling or selling dead stock fabric, for example. And after that, recycling. And within the recycling, they have to go first for potentially fiber to fiber recycling, so textile to textile. And then downcycling, which is, like, for example, turn the material into a shredded material that will then go inside a cushion or insulation pads and everything. So overall, they just have to justify um, that they won't be destroying the material without doing anything with it. So this is the Adject Law for textile. Fantastic. Thank you very much for putting it very <laughs> simply. Um, okay, let's go back to WeTurn. So, so sorry, I, WeTurn I, uh, was created I with you. this in mind and with this leg new legal frame coming into action for the brands. And knowing that for a wide range of players, it would be quite an important and difficult law to comply with. Uh, especially on the unsold item uh, panel. But also um, what was interesting in this research is from the very beginning, Sophie had in mind to create a closed loop. So really like textile to textile recycling channel. Uh, but for this, there were many um, partners that were not willing to use recycled material. 
so spinners were not willing to use it because they were saying the fibers were too short. Then weavers and knitters were not willing to use it because they were saying the yarns were not solid enough. And then the final brands were not willing to use it because they were like, it's not qualitative. So she took the problem at the reverse and made sure that we had the proper sorting and the proper inputs to match with the requirements of every partner in the channel. So this is a bit of the genesis of what it was created for. So really to have all the channel and to have one sorting method at the beginning that serves the whole channel. And wow. how does it unfold? Like literally, what do we do uh, today? So we have two expertise. Uh, the first mm -hmm. one is the management of textile destocking, uh, pre-consumer textile destocking for brands and to refer them to the different channels. So we refer to reuse, to textile, to textile recycling, to, and to downcycling. And after, we have the second block, uh, which is the local production of uh, high-end and locally made uh, recycled fabrics. Fantastic. Um, I, I would like to, to just to, to, to be clear, what's your role at, uh, at WeTurn uh, today? So today I'm in charge of uh, the sales uh, for recycling projects and eco-design, which means I'm, I'm like everything that is pre-sales and sales related for textile recycling projects and our collection of fabrics uh, that is sold under the MTR label. Uh, so I manage the outreach, contacting potential client, but also like my my key uh, role is to understand the technical specifications of our clients in terms of yarns or textiles and make sure we develop the proper value chain before that in terms of recycling um, to conduct the project. So it's either a fabric that we have in our collection, but we also do custom developments. And I do make sure we have something very... Uh, clear before handling it to mm -hmm. the operations uh, team uh, at Twitter. I mean, when when we, when I listen at you, uh, it seems very complicated to set up such a such a business, and uh, there's a lot of uh, of data, a lot of people to manage. Uh, it seems very uh, uh, a mission impossible, <laughs> almost. Um, what have been the, the major milestone of WeTurn so, so far? So it's you're right somehow, and that's why also we exist uh, because we're aware that mm. it's a lot of information and a lot of partners and a lot of data uh, to manage for uh, brands, for example. Um, but it has been a step by step process. Uh, like first, it was the construction of the recycling, so the textile to textile recycling channel, and then we realized that. Everybody, every material cannot enter the recycling channel. So there are other channels. And then this collaboration came in a second step. So it's just like really it's step by step. But the first one, a uh, major milestone I would mention is in 2021. Uh, we turned uh, won the LVMH uh, Innovation Award for Sustainability at VivaTech. Um, it was quite a key Start, I mean, it was the best starter we could dream of, uh, honestly, and it was a validation of our process. So that was really how we uh, validated the very first, like the idea of that closed loop recycling channel and the fact of having someone that manages it all for the brands. Uh, then after this, we started, of course, we had already started collecting materials and everything from brands and having that destocking uh, operations running. But we had to prove that with this destocking of textiles, 
we could produce high-end textile recycled fabrics. So in 2022, uh, we launched the collection of fabrics under the NTR label. And this is really the moment where we shone, okay, we've closed that loop. And then in 2023, as I said, it's impossible to recycle everything. And we anyway have to have the brands that we work with respect the hierarchy of the law. So we had been partnering already with like donation partners, reuse partners, upcycling partners and everything. In 2023, we launched uh, Valo, which is a software platform uh, that enables the brands to have access to all the valorization channels in one single platform. So this is it. And along the way, of course, we had like uh, collaborations with brands and projects running and custom developments and we worked with uh, incredible brands like Vuitton, like Christian Dior Couture, uh, like mm. Bonsoir, like Quiet, mm. many things. Fantastic. Um, the, I mean, the, the, the LVMH Innovation Award for Sustainability uh, that you won in, in 2001, what's, what has been the, the impact uh, um, on the company? Uh, it's uh, enormous. <laughs> it has been yeah, a great impact uh, because I mean the very first one was like okay this uh, this is a validation of our solution and uh, the consistency mm -hmm. of it for like, luxury maison and for luxury groups. So that was really like validation of proof of concept somehow, um, and it gave us that also that uh, awareness. Uh, that we were here, the solution was existing, and it was ready to be used. So thanks to it, we, of course, entered different uh, maisons within the LVMH group. And um, we've, like, we've, we've built very strong relationship with them. And, for example, we've, like, really co-created the whole textile valorization system that is today in place at LVMH. So, of course, it's a partnership. We've, like, uh, we partner with Nona Source since day one. Uh, they're the um, reuse platform for uh, all LVMH fabrics. I'm sure you know it. Um, but, like, this is really, it was at the heart of our collaboration uh, with the group. And um, we validated MVPs. We did a lot of things with them. They co-created. Also, they were part of the setup of Valo uh, to make sure we were responding there the needs of the industry pretty mm -hmm. well. So it has been a real like hand in hand collaboration. And mm. did did they invest in Wittern or they not? Did not. No, we're completely okay. independent. Uh, we're okay. we're not an LVMH uh, spinoff or we're not known as we're not known as so like if this is what you mean. Uh, mm. or independent, but also it's really interesting because this price and the fact that we work with the LVMH on a day-to-day -day basis has given us visibility uh, towards other luxury groups that are like, okay, this return is safe to work with LVMH. They're working with them. They have they must have high quality standards so that it's a safe place for them to go with us. And for mm. even if they're like complete, complete um, competency, Competitor. the competitors, yeah. they just, it, it's, it's okay for them to go with us because we have that level of expectancy that we're settled initially by LVMH that we can now reflect uh, to other luxury maisons. And I think it's also really important to say that we have a work and like ongoing and continuous improvement work um, to make sure that the standards that we have for luxury 
are now replicable and that we can adapt to premium and to middle markets uh, with like different uh, cost grid, different suppliers, for example, for the fabrics and everything. So we're really working on um, widening a bit uh, the target and show that it was the first step. Now let's move on to the second. Fantastic. Can you share with us um, a case study um, uh, of a client you worked with, for example, um, Dior or Louis Vuitton? What did you do exactly with them? So I think uh, the the one that is the best for this uh, purpose is going to be Christian Dior uh, because okay. it's potentially the most complete and it's really the, 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 the best experience that we can share here. So for them, uh, in, the initial thing was uh, destocking of uh, intellectual property sensible textiles, meaning like okay. technically they had printed uh, 100% cotton uh, weaves that were discarded from the collections for X or Y reason, or that were staying from past productions and that they could not use anymore. So we collected all of this with our, our uh, specific sorting method. We just dispatched them uh, between different batches uh, to make sure we had a really clean and proper inputs. Um, this was all sent to our logistic partner, uh, which is next to Orléans uh, in France. And there the material was prepared, meaning the first step is to destroy the mercantile value, the market value. So the fabric is cut into smaller pieces, basically. And uh, we stocked that and sort, uh, and respecting, of course, the sorting method. Then those um, fabric scraps, as soon as we had enough, were sent to a spinner, to a recycler in Spain. Um, and he takes care of the shredding of the material making sure he gets the longest fiber possible. Uh, and at this moment, he also adds a bit of uh, virgin cotton um, into the mix in order to solidify and to have a proper quality at the end of the process. Um, with these two fibers together, he gets to spin the new yarn. The yarn is spun. And then we sent uh, this specific yarn to a really like a top-notch knitter in France, uh, Bugis, uh, that we do work with, um, to in order that he transforms it uh, into a cotton felpa, uh, because that was the target material that we had in mind. And then this cotton felpa was presented to Maria Grazia and her studio, and they chose it to be... Um, the main material for a sweater that is going to be included in, in the spring summer 24 collection for women's ready to wear. So this is really super exciting for us to see that we've closed the full loop uh, with Dior. It means that we've worked with so many different teams along the process. And this is really interesting because they, they, they've seen, they've grasped the value of the process. And it's not just the value for them. It's not just the value in terms of CSR data, it's also the value mm. to the final customer and the value, it validates also the value and the specificity that recycled fabric can be integrated in like really high and luxury maison in collection, can be chosen by designers and it's mm. really super interesting and plus this material has a specificity it's like a beige with a tiny bit of mottled blue uh, aspect on it and this is because the feedstock had some blueprints into it mm. initially. So it's really interesting because it's, I mean, it, it's, it's visible and it's beautiful. 
So, no, this is really exciting for us, typically. <laughs> you are so excited about it. I, I am can, very I can excited about it. it. Uh, so, recycled material often face criticism from being more expensive, uh, lower in quality, and lacking in traceability compared to virgin material. How would you respond to these concerns? So, it's, it's really true. I mean, I've been facing it in my past lives. I, when I say I really tried to put recycled material on the table at my previous brands, and it was not possible because of this uh, typical criticism. So it is a common uh, knowledge, it's true. Uh, but I must say that what is really specific to Wheaton is that we have a sorting method that is completely unique. Um, and It's so precise and it's been engineered by textile engineers. It's been validated by every single person in the process. And with the technical specification of the spinners, of the weavers and everything, that's, we, we do, we do, we were born with that quality in mind, with this aspect in mind. And our sorting method is here to specifically respond to this. So for example, Uh, today, we offer materials, uh, our fabrics that we produce are between 30% and 50% uh, recycled uh, material into them. We would never go up to 100% because it is not qualitative. And this is not something that we're even aiming at. Because we could go to 100% if we do 50% cotton, 50% recycled cotton, and 50% polyester. Recycled polyester. This is 100% recycled. But at the end of this fabric, it is not recyclable. So we don't want to feed that either. So this is just to say that um, we have to go step by step. Uh, we pay an extreme attention to quality. We test all of our yarns, all of our fabrics. Um, and we have this in mind from day one. And also the fact that we work uh, from pre-consumer waste So pre-consumer textile that has not been worn or washed or anything uh, basically enables the fiber to be a bit longer than the post-consumer ones. But it is true that a recycled fabric has a bit shorter fiber, but we do attain really uh, good quality results uh, and test, test labs and everything uh, for all of our yarns, and when needed, uh, we are able to enhance the durability and the, the quality of the fabrics with potentially a bit more virgin material or some alternative fibers. Great, thank you very much. Uh, so you will be at Première Vision uh, this year in, uh, in February 6, uh, uh, from 6 to the 8th of February. Uh, what will you be presenting at, uh, at this event? So, uh, première vision for us this year is going to be an update on our MTR uh, collection of fabrics. So, what I did not mention before, but it is important in terms of traceability and local impact. Uh, our fabrics are also different, and they're specific because we have full traceability on every single step of the mat of the material. Uh, from the initial input to the final fabric. And this is really key and extremely important because There are many certifications existing on recycled materials, uh, but they don't go as deep uh, in terms of traceability. So coming back on Première Vision, I'm sorry. Uh, so we will update, uh, we'll do an update on our collections. So we have four categories 
uh, of products of textiles. Uh, the first one we want to put um, is the undyed uh, so materials. So the ones that have a visual aspect that you can see they're recycled. For example, that beige motel blue fabrics, you can see the, the colors resulting from the recycling process and from the initial set stock. We do think it is important to show that this fabric, these fabric can be absolutely beautiful and they can be used as such. Um, then we're also completely aware that some brands are not ready to move towards this direction, even though they all did. Yeah. Uh, so we have a ready-to-die uh, category, uh, meaning that these uh, are issued from very specific feedstock that are only of pure color and that we can dye after, have absolutely no pollution and that we can responsibly dye or uh, bleach in order to obtain pure white or pure colors. Then we have a very large denim section, a very exciting one. So we have both uh, stabilized and raw denims that can be, again, responsibly uh, bleached um, and or washed. Um, and this is a product that we've got a lot of attention on. And then we have a homeware section uh, where we have uh, recycled uh, linens and upcycled wools uh, that are great for anything that can be curtains, cushions, um, these kind of applications. And uh, we will have a big uh, work, and we are working very hard, as I said before, on the on a double pricing um, ex uh, exposition, meaning that we support uh, made in France and knitted in France and uh, woven in France. But we're aware that these prices are a premium uh, for lots of brands. So we're working on double quoting all of our fabrics to have a potential like Portugal Spanish option and also a French option so that the client can go really in full know of what he's doing between the a bit cheaper but a bit further option uh, or for the made in France depending on what he wants. Fantastic. Um, and according to you, what's, what's differentiating uh, returns to its competitors? So I think definitely traceability uh, yeah. in the whole process of the fabric making, but also like before the fabric making, because we we can go back to the inputs uh, that uh, is was initially um, uh, fitting the fitting the process in the chain, in the value chain. Um, so this is a very important point. Uh, the fact that we make everything locally uh, is very important for us because we have an LCA. Uh, measure for every single of our yarns and textiles um, that is done thanks to become a Spanish company and uh, we want to show how recycled locally produced recycled fabrics can really lower uh, the impact of the fabrics that are put into a collection um, so I think this is really important and the last thing uh, the last two things I would say for this the first one is that we we're able to replicate our productions. As we always have a constant sorting method, we're not mm -hmm. dependent of the feedstock that we get. Uh, lots of recyclers today can tell you, okay, I get this feedstock, I can get this material at the end, but if out of the sudden I don't get it anymore, I won't be able to reproduce it. Our idea is really to be able to reproduce that sorting method with all of our clients so we can have uh, permanent collections. 
um, and replicability um, within our collections. And lastly, the fact that for the moment, and it's something that we we str sometimes struggle, but not so much, um, we push uh, the idea to have um, recycling recyclable fabrics, meaning that, for example, today we don't mix cotton and polyester. Um, we have only pure fabrics or easy-to-recycle fabrics, and we want to produce this. Uh, and it's a good point to maintain recyclability because it's going to be within the legislation sooner or later as well. Uh, so um, I think this is really important. Fantastic. Um, can you share with us a few uh, KPIs, uh, such as uh, how many claims do you have, how much, uh, how much tons of, uh, of, uh, unsold <laughs> of unsold material did you, <laughs> did you recycle so far? So do you have these, these figures? I might have them. Give me a second. I have to check them. But no, uh, how many clients? Um, we have between 20 and 30, 40 clients, I would say, um, that are like reported uh, between um, between the like fitting the inputs or buying the output or also doing both. And in that case, it's a real um, closed loop project. Okay, regarding the data, uh, if we do an equivalent of products that we saved uh, from the destruction, it's more than. 400,000 pieces. So it's quite a lot. And when we talk about uh, environmental impact, our materials more or less uh, enable between 30 and 70% of CO2 emission reduction for our clients if you compare it to like a similar certified uh, cotton and 80, around 80 to 90% of water savings. So these are real impacts that are extremely measurable, that um, have a real importance for clients. So I think this is quite important as well. In terms of tons, um, it really depends because it does fluctuate. Uh, but I think right now in stock, huh, we might have between like 20 and 40 tons, something like that, of input. But then it goes out and it permanently permanently fluctuates of course of course um what is the key message you 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 want to convey to our industry particularly to to creators and creative professionals about sustainability and, and eco design i think it's really good to convey that message to designers this is really the point no but it's not i mean the designers do not have the full responsibility no one has i think it's super important to see that it's it's all about commitment and collaboration. Um, I think there it's, it's really urgent that everybody moves in the same direction. It cannot rely only on CSR departments of big brands or even smaller brands. And I think it's really important that the designers are more and more uh, eager to, to hop on this like recycled material um, train and, and also upcycling part, um, methods and uh, all of this uh, impact. I think it's really uh, important also for brands within the studios to realize that one iconic item uh, that could be recycled, uh, it, it could be transferred into a recycled material can change a lot uh, in terms of impact. 
and it's a great way to get started uh, with it. You can, you don't have to do everything at the same time. You don't have to be a hundred percent recycled brand. I don't think this makes any sense. But starting small, but starting for sure now, I think is important because somehow in 10 to 15 years, it will have to be the norm and we won't be able to rely only on polyester, on recycled polyester, for example. I mean, natural fabrics are going to stay and they're going to remain uh, really key for a lot of product categories. Um, And I think there are lots of ways of being creative around this. Definitely. 100% 100% agreed. Um, <laughs> let's move to the quick rapid uh, fire question part. Um, what do you want to close the door um, uh, on in our industry? I want to close the door to the idea that recycled materials are all grayish and with synthetic add-ons and of poor quality. This is not true. Uh, and I think we've uh, managed to show that. Um, so this is one thing that I want to close the door to, but there is another one. I, I also think that uh, we need to close the door to the idea that textile to textile recycling is limited to super small, teeny tiny amounts um, in quality. It is not true. The volumes are expanding through all the industry and there is a constant evolution in this. And I really do believe that textile to textile recycling is the future of our collections this is the future uh, of uh, also just like limiting the impact that we have on the planet. We, w- we will probably have cotton growing at some point in Europe. But as of today, we have so much cotton available that we should also move on, on to recycling for this. Definitely. Um, what, what, is, uh, what are your favorite initiatives, crashes in the industry at the moment? Um, if I remain, um, this is a very good one. If I remain only on the textile uh, and circular textile industry, um, I think there are two initiatives that are really exciting uh, at the moment. Carbios uh, is a French uh, actor that is working on uh, enzymatic recycling for polyester. This is really interesting because as of today, uh, uh, polyester recycling for textile to textile, I mean, not plastic bottles to textile, uh, has been focused on chemical recycling mostly. And enzymatic recycling has a much lower impact. Uh, They're still in R&D phase, but they're opening a plant in France uh, within the next two years, I think. uh, And they're already running pilots. And I think this is potentially something very, very good news for the industry. Um, So this is the first one. And the second one, it's a Belgian company that is called Resortex that is really... um, like uh, potentially, like we're we're really side by side. Uh, we have the same aim. They do provide a, a sewing thread that dissolves at high temperature in order to facilitate uh, the dismantling of the finished goods. Because when you get to recycle, like my shirt, for example, you have to take off all the hard points, so all the buttons, the zippers, and everything. And they make that easy by having uh, that yarn. And also that uh, machine that dissolves it. So you can just like get all the pieces and no loss of fabric. So this is really exciting. Oh, thank you so much. I didn't know them. Um, what do you look at to get inspiration uh, in, in whatever industry? And how do you stay ahead of the game? Uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to take that one on a less professional level. 
or I mean, mm-hmm. not just the industry, the textile industry here. Um, I'm an avid reader of The Guardian. Uh, I think they're really, they have uh, that uh, ability to hop on topics that are very specific and they deep dive very well into them. So The Guardian definitely for press. Um, and then if I had to look to another industry to get inspiration, I'm quite a foodie. And I think the slow food movement uh, has a lot of, it's a lot of common sense, but it's a lot of things that we can actually replicate to a potential like slow industry movement uh, in, and also promote local industry. So I think it's highly replicable to our, to our um, fashion sphere. 100%. Um, <laughs> uh, what is the last piece of clothes you bought uh, recently? Last piece of clothes I bought? Um, a vintage coat. And it's a gem. A hundred percent wool. It has viscous lining. Uh, yeah, I'm a happy girl. That was a, that was a long find. <laughs> long search. Hmm. Well done. And who is the personality you would like to listen to in this podcast? So as you mentioned the designers before, I think it's important to give more voice uh, to designers that are uh, really already and like very, uh, very profoundly conveying uh, that desirability uh, with the use of recycled and upcycled um, processes. So definitely, I mean, the absolute top would be to have Kim Jones from Dialam. Of course. I would love to hear him on this. Um... Another absolute. You think he's 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 head of a game when it comes to uh, a recycling material? He is. He is. I can tell you. <laughs> wow. No, no, he is. Can you introduce? Can, do, do me the introduction. I would be happy to. Uh, to I would love to. I can try. Interview him. I can try. I know his yeah. studio pretty well. <laughs> I can try. Uh, second potential rock star that you could have would be Stella McCartney. Of course. She defined herself a week ago at the LVMH Summit uh, as the grandma of sustainability in fashion. And that was the cutest introduction. I thought it was really cool. And if you go for younger ones or for French ones, uh, Kevin Germanier could be quite interesting, I think, also, because also on the upcycling um, aspects. And yeah, potentially Risap, the girls from Risap could be nice as well. Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure to, to have you and to, uh, to know a bit more about WeTurn. And I'm looking forward to see you uh, at Première Vision. Thank you so much for your time, Adrien. Thank you for the invitation. It was a pleasure. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast till the end. If you want to support this initiative, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you follow. Just click on the subscribe button, rate it five stars, and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to share the podcast on your favorite social media. Thank you for listening to Smart Creation, the podcast, an invitation to explore the potential of sustainable fashion.